sorry your pastor is late again. Um, this has been quite a week, and we can sure use some prayers. Um, we need to pray for our network system, because <laughs> it went, uh, for lack of a more descriptive technical term, it went kapowie uh, last Wednesday night, and we've been working to get it uh, back going. Thank you to Ken and Ken and uh, Tim and Frontier and Susan and everybody that has been involved to try to get this thing going back. But, uh, you know, it's funny, you um, don't realize how much you need something until it's gone sometimes. And that was the case here. So prayers for that. Um, I have, before Bob comes up and uh, does the announcements, I wanted to let you know that a, a saint and a friend that I don't believe I ever did meet um, passed away and went home to be with the Lord. Uh, Frank Kola. He passed away on the 7th uh, last Sunday. And um, those of you that are uh, uh, on Facebook, um, you might have seen Kara's posts and so forth. But Frank uh, succumbed to pneumonia, it sounds like. There is a service that is coming. I don't know the exact date and time, but I can find out for you. If you know, maybe share it with, with people, but it, it'll have a memorial service in Las Vegas. And then um, other news um, from uh, Ed and, and Sharon Reamer, um, their dear friend, friends, Linda and Steve. Linda passed away um, the other night uh, after a long-term uh, battle uh, with uh, her health and her beloved husband, Steve, was by her side all the way through. So please uh, lift up um, Steve um, for peace and comfort um, and for Ed and Sharon as they minister to a dear friend of many, many years and neighbor, right? And so, um, you know, we all have stuff and uh, the church body, the church congregation, the friends you have here help to get us through these seasons that we have. It matters, and I'm grateful to you as I look uh, out at uh, everyone here. So, Bob, would you uh, come up and finish this off? And uh, we got a, a really big shoe today. Thank you. Good morning. Here we go. All right. Um, before, I, it's, he's a hard act to follow. But um, Karen has told me that, I, this isn't on the announcement sheet, but there's some grandma stuff that, uh, and, and grandparent stuff that's available for free. Um, it's out in the uh, fellowship area, is that correct? And, and so, uh, and I guess it's some fun stuff, and I guess there's gingerbread, so the grandpa's out there, just, just you know, know that there's a reward involved. Um, please take a look and see if you, there's anything you can use. Um, missions. This month, we are giving our financial support to Lutherans for Life. Uh, Lutherans is a nationwide uh, organization that uh, serves to equip Lutherans and their neighbors. Um, 
Are we back on schedule for the sit and be fit on Tuesday? Yes. Okay. So that's, that's always fun to come to at 10. Uh, one of these days I'm going to actually make it. Um, Bible study uh, is right after. Uh, men's Bible study, of course, is on Saturdays at 8. And the big one is um, annual congregational meeting is going to be um, the 20th, which is uh, next Saturday. It's going to start about... Uh, uh, it's going to be lunch pr prior to, so figure be here, what, about noon? Noon, and then, yes, and lunch, and then the meeting. And then the meeting to start thereafter, uh, about 12.45 or so. And that, if you, you know, if you want to know what's going on or you want to see the budget, so on and so forth, please come. Um, another important one is Ash Wednesday. It's pretty early this year. It's going to be February the 14th, Valentine's Day. And we're going to have a service at noon. So, and uh, council, uh, uh, prayer request. Do you have it? If you have any, please put them on the blue cards and get them in the basket or see Ashley with them. And uh, that's really all I have, unless uh, Pastor has something else. Very good. Thank you. Sing, oh sing, 
Please stand if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins... God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's take a moment of silent reflection. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us. Renew us and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength, honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who governs all things in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace through all our days. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. I'm here today to read the first book of Samuel with you in chapter 3, verse 1 through 20. It's on uh, your pew Bibles, if you care to follow along, on 423. It's a very interesting book. Uh, we're doing a lot with it uh, in the men's Bible study in the portal. We're doing a lot with it uh, with the uh, 
women uh, uh, and, and, and Tuesdays. Uh, it's very revealing and exciting. I haven't looked at this book in a while, but uh, trust me, it's very good. So if you can make it to men's Bible study or the women's Bible study, I recommend it. Learn a lot. Samuel, 1 Samuel 1, 3, 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the, the, Lord, the word of the Lord was rare, rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. He called me. But Eli said, I did not call go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Okay. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Okay. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So, Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other, as a, like the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything. I spoke against his family from the beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about his sons blaspheme God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son? Samuel answered, here I am. 
What was it he said to you, Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground, and all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. Please join me as we read responsibly Psalm 139, found on page six in your bulletin. Psalm 139, one through 10. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. Know when I sit, when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Your word is on my tongue. You, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in, behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if it settles on the far side of the sea, there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me. Next reading is in the first book of Corinthians that I'll be reading. I'll be reading in chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. And this is found further on back in the Bible on 1777 in the Pew Bible, if you're following along. Verse 12, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. 
All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body, bodies. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is from John it's chapter 1, verses 43 through 51, and can be found on page 1647 in your pew Bible. John records, The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael, and he told him, We have found the one, the one who Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote. This is Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. And when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Well, how do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree, before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, You believe, because I told you and I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. And then he added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open up and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? It's uh, in your uh, bulletin. If you take a look at that, 
right there above on uh, page two. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So today is the second Sunday after the Epiphany. We are in the season of Epiphany. And I'll be proclaiming from 1 Samuel chapter 3, and then, of course, from the Gospel of John chapter 1. As we continue in the season of Epiphany, both the Old Testament reading and the Gospel reading deal with a special kind of Epiphany of God. And that is that he does to his people. In uh, both of these readings, God is calling specific people to serve him. I'm, all y'all, you've heard the word epiphany before, but how would you describe it? Think about it for a moment, and then tell me if you think that this is, this is accurate, and only anyone could believe it or understand. Epiphany. What does it mean to you? I think a way to describe it is this. God is saying, ta-da! Okay? The Old Testament reading tells of Samuel. Samuel grew up in and around the tabernacle. So you know, at that time, the tabernacle was the tent where God had decided to show his presence to his people. And at the time where, uh, in his life, where in most modern day, today parents would be looking for preschool, Samuel's mother had brought him to the tabernacle and apprenticed him to Eli, who was the high priest. And Samuel was to live as an apprentice, his life dedicated to the service of the Lord. And the reading tells us that Samuel was still just a boy when the Lord came to him. It also tells us something else. It tells us that the Lord came and the Lord stood. And this indicates that the Lord's epiphany, his ta-da, to Samuel was in the form of an objective physical presence of some sort. He was there. And the Lord appeared to Samuel as a real physical presence who had real physical words. Words of judgment for Samuel to proclaim to Eli and to Israel. And this epiphany of God to Samuel was the call to be the last judge of Israel and the prophet who anointed both Saul and David as kings over Israel. Today's gospel tells us of Jesus giving an epiphany of himself to his first disciples. He is calling them to follow him. And today's reading deals primarily with the call of Philip 
and Nathaniel, who was also known as Bartholomew. And a general overview of today's reading shows this. It shows Jesus calling Philip, who in turn called Nathaniel. And the gospel narrative is very careful to tell us that it is Jesus. Jesus does the calling. We read this, or you listen to me read this. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. And by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, John makes it very clear that Jesus found Philip. Here is an invitation from God himself. There was no intermediary. Their words, they go directly from God's mouth to Philip's ears. And this is called a direct call from God. Now God's call to Nathaniel is also as valid, but it's different. This is still an invitation from God himself, but this time God issued his call through his servant, his servant Philip. And today's gospel clearly says this, Philip found Nathanael, and he said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And this is an indirect call. God used a go-between to call Nathanael. And this indirect call is exactly the way that God calls his people today. I'll have to be honest with you. Some of you have heard the story of my call, and if you haven't, I'll tell you some other time. But in short, if I were God, I would not choose a sinner like me to tell others about his salvation. You've seen me say, I wouldn't have done it this way, or are you sure you got the right guy? I would not rely on fallible human beings to confess their faith to others. And in the end, the truth is it should be, I know and you should be thankful that I am not God. And God has ordained that we proclaim repentance. God has called his servants to proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus. And he is determined to work through that proclamation, through that proclamation to bring salvation to all humanity. He works through his word as it is read, as his word is preached, and as his word is shared by his people. And he also works through his sacraments in the church. As the church administers them through his called 
and ordained servants of Christ. Now Martin Luther said in the explanation of the third article, he wrote, the Holy Ghost has called me by the gospel. And it has been a long time since God has shown himself in a physical form the way that he did with Samuel, with Philip, and with Nathaniel. But the call of God truly does extend from one soul to another. And it's happening continuously. Now one thing that is consistent about all calls from God, whether they are direct or indirect, is that the call comes from God. It is God who calls us. He may, or we may search for God, but we cannot find him. It is always God, always God who finds us. So let's look at Samuel again. For example, the text tells us that he was sleeping in the temple with the Ark of the Covenant. Now you would think that anyone who did that, sleep in the tabernacle with the Ark of the Covenant, that he would know when the Lord was talking to him. However, when the Lord called, Samuel thought it was Eli. Samuel didn't find the Lord. The Lord found him. Let's look at Philip. Philip lived in Bethsaida. And if you were to look at a map, you would see that Bethsaida is not very far from Nazareth. Philip had lived his entire life just a few miles away from the Messiah. And his remarks to Nathanael tell us that he even knew that Moses and the prophets pointed forward to the Messiah. So he was looking for the Messiah. Since a little boy, he had known that. And the Messiah was just about, I don't know, 12-ish miles away. Just over yonder in Nazareth from Bethsaida. And the truth is, he did not find Jesus. But Jesus found him. You see, Ever since Adam and Eve, they ran away and tried to hide from God in Eden, mankind has run away whenever the true God approached. At best, we think that the things of God are there to make our lives miserable and boring. And it's more likely that we think God is out to punish and torture us. And we as human beings in our natural state, we are terrified of him. And so we in our natural state, we flee from his presence. Why do we flee the gracious hand of our creator? 
Well, we flee because deep down inside, we all know who we are. While we are with others who are like us, we draw comfort from the fact that we are more or less about as good as the people who are around us. And if we look out into the world, we could even say, well, I'm not as bad as that guy. We go into denial in our natural state. We go into denial about our sin. We can delude ourselves into thinking that we are not so bad after all. In our natural state, we get comfortable in our moral degeneration because the world around us is about as degenerate or worse than we are. Now, on the other hand, when God comes into our lives, as I see and look out at you, when God comes into our lives, we see the filth in which we live. We see the lies, the gossip, and the hatred. We see how our eyes and our minds have been unfaithful to those we love the most. How we have been unfaithful to God. And the contrast between our sin and God's holiness is terrifying. So when we look for God in our own power, we find a little g God who measures up to our expectations. When we look for the little g God who makes us comfortable, we find comfort. We can search and search and search, but we will never find the true God because we are looking for the little g God of our own making instead of the holy God who is neither made nor created. The tendency to make God in our own image is the condition of the natural man. And that is the reason that our salvation depends on God coming to find us. It is he who searches for us as a shepherd searches for his sheep. It is he who came down to us in order that he might take us up to him. He did not come to punish, to punish us for our guilt. He came to take the punishment of our guilt onto himself, onto that cross. He did not come to let us fester, to marinate in our sin, but to defeat that sin by taking it to the cross for you and for me. He did not come to proclaim our eternal punishment. He came 
to proclaim our eternal salvation through his resurrection from the dead. You see, God came to Philip in the person of Jesus Christ. And through Philip, he came to Nathanael. Philip, Nathanael, and the other disciples, they all would witness all that Christ taught and did as he earned forgiveness for the sins of this world. And God inspired them to write down their experiences. And we have, we have their witness in God's Word, the Holy Bible. So now, God comes to us. He comes to us. He's here right now. He comes to us as we read. He comes to us as we consider. He comes to us as we discuss. And he comes to us as we preach and hear the word. It is through that holy word that the Holy Spirit works. He works to produce faith in us. The faith that receives forgiveness. The faith that receives life. The faith that receives salvation from the God who calls us to be his own with him for eternity. God is called. You have heard him. Let us tell others, soul to soul, that God is calling. In the name of Jesus, amen.
stand if you're able. Let us now confess together our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord, put out a new song in our mouths. Lead us out of all deceit and into the confidence of your truth. Let us proclaim your wondrous deeds of faithfulness and salvation in Christ without fear or hesitancy. Lord, in your mercy, King of Israel, as you once called Samuel and Philip and Nathaniel into your service, be pleased now to call men 
into your holy ministry. Give them a delight in your holy scriptures that their witness would lead many to follow Jesus, the Son of God. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you call fathers, you call mothers, and you call children to serve in their households. Let them serve eagerly, each according to their station, trusting that such love honors you. Lord, in your mercy, Almighty God, let all the nations and peoples of the earth ascribe to you the glory due your name. Hear our prayers for all of our rulers and leaders, especially for Joseph, our president, and for Gavin, our governor. Together with all the legislators and judges, direct them by your word and your spirit and establish them in saving faith. Lead them in their offices to govern wisely for the good of their people. Lord, in your mercy, O oh God, behold in mercy all for whom we pray, especially Jerry Buchanan, for the Frank Cola family, for Steve, for all who mourn. Bring healing and comfort and strength and patience and certainty to all in need. Receive our thanks for your constant watch and merciful kindness. In every sorrow and every joy, do not let our eyes be drawn from the greater marvel of your kindness in Christ Jesus, by whose grace and whose forgiveness alone we receive every blessing. Lord, in your mercy, and Holy Lord, renew the gift of your Holy Spirit to all who commune this day. Work in us true contrition to lament and abandon our sins. And so to come in confident faith to eat your son's body and drink his blood, given and shed for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, in your mercy. Holy Lord, mighty God, you have shown us the face of your mercy in your Son through whom all nations may find unity and life. Hear the prayers of your people and grant what is needful to us and those for whom we pray, that trusting in your mercy, our hearts may find perfect peace and rest. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace.
Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. Sharing our life, he lived among us to reveal your glory and love, that our darkness should give way to his own brilliant light. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. This is an epiphany. Uh, Jesus comes and meets us at the altar, and he says, Ta-da! Here I am. I'm in the bread. I'm in the, in the wine. I'm in the word. Come, the table is prepared. If this is your confession, and that is that Jesus is Lord and Savior, then come, the ushers will bring you forward.
What a beautiful reminder. Thank you for being faithful. You guys, Matt and Linda, for bringing your family here, a reminder to us of how wonderful our Creator is. Thank you for that. Thank you, everybody, for being here today. Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you His perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, and my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ. Till he